the free for all roundtable round two on round two this morning, Patrick Brown is here, mayor of Brampton, Toronto lawyer Karima Sad, and News Talk 1010's Jason Agnew, who anchors the trivia show on Sunday mornings. And good morning, everybody. Let's actually start with the pride story, because I think it's it's a big one this morning, and it's going to continue to grow and change. But pride says they were walloped with a security bill that is hugely more expensive than last year. And then they also confessed that they have an insurance bill that is hugely more expensive. Um, Karima said, I guess there's a lot of ways to break this out. Toronto police insist there's no evidence of a direct threat against Pride, but one wonders if maybe um, the police force still thinks they need to amp it up and the insurance company thinks there's added risk. What do you think? Well, just the sheer size of the event and the, the hundreds of thousands, if not million tourists who come to Toronto for this. Um, there's obviously going to be more people around. And with expanding hours, um, I can see how that would increase costs. Um, I, people need to be safe. Uh, and what safety means when you're in sort of a crowded area, um, especially where there is controversy and, and culture war phenomenon circling this, I, I understand the apprehension. Okay, well, Karima, let me play you a clip from the executive director of Pride Toronto, Shuren Modest, who says even if police say that there is no perceived threat, that he believes there's a rising tide of agitation, to put it mildly, toward um, queer people. I don't think we need to look far. We're seeing it on a daily basis. It is on the news, you know, whether it's in the U.S., it's here in Canada, in Markham. We're constantly hearing it. It is in Toronto. So we do not need the police to tell us that there is an increased threat towards the 2S LGBTQ community because it is very present. Now, Karima, Jerry Agar was disputing that on round one. And then the first tweet I come across when I open up Twitter during a commercial break is you documenting an argument at a, a drag story time event in Brockville. So I, it occurred to me you more than anybody could testify as to whether Sherwin Modest is right, that there is sort of an almost routine series of attacks that are going on all the time. I think we need to be very, very careful in framing this and um mindful about hyperbole and the oversized impact that a small group of people can have. When I document these events, I really do consider it to be a circuit because I'm seeing the same people in different cities across the province. So we, we have to take that into account. Uh, Patrick Brown, your thoughts? And we're touching on a lot of issues, but it's all about, I guess, the viability and who's going to pay for pride. Yeah. And so, you know, I'd say this is an internationally um, successful event. And I think as a tourism driver for the entire GTA, uh, I've been proud to participate over the last um, eight years. Um, and it's about bringing people together um, and celebrating progress that, you know, love is love is love. And if anything, um, you know, I, I think the city uh, has a role to, to, to be supportive. You know, I look at the Kelsa Day Parade, which is our largest event in in uh, probably largest parade in Peel region goes from Etobicoke to Malton. Um, and we contribute to some of the policing costs to make sure that it's a, 
it's a safe environment. The region of, of, of Peel and the local cities do. I think the city of Toronto even contributes for the Etobicoke portion. And so I'd assume that there'd be support for this event from the city of Toronto and the province of Ontario. I, I'd be surprised if there isn't. And of course, you want an event like this to um, to, to not have any 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 security concerns. And I would say I remember the event where there was the disruption, um, and it's unfortunate because I think it takes away from uh, from the event, and you hope that the parameters are set up that we don't have disruptions like that. Let's listen to another portion of this interview. This is Sherwin Modest, the executive director of Pride. And here, I was not aware of this. Maybe I'm the last guy to find out, but I was somewhat surprised to find out that Pride is lobbying for what they call an exclusion zone, so protesters would be compelled to stay away. We saw what happened during the pandemic when protesters were attacking hospitals, attacking healthcare workers. We saw how quick the government were able to put legislation in place to prevent them from getting within a certain distance of the hospitals and healthcare providers. And I think these are some of the things that we have to do to create a safer space for the 2S LGBTQ community. Uh, Jason Agnew, your thoughts on that? Because it's not unprecedented that there are exclusion zones. There have been exclusion zones around abortion clinics since forever. But at the same time, I, I kind of, I, I, I squint a little when somebody pitches an exclusion zone around a huge down downtown event. Yeah, let's not compare the Pride Parade to an abortion clinic or a hospital during the pandemic. That is absolute. There, there's no comparison there whatsoever. Um, so, and and honestly, I, I love the Pride Parade. I think it's Toronto's greatest festival. I think it's all joy and love. I've been to it many times. It's a highlight of the summer. Uh, you know, aside from the Black Lives Matter protests that happened, you know, last year or the year before, I, I don't recall protests around this parade. Uh, so I'm very curious as to, you know, why these zones need to be in effect and how do you even, well, police perhaps, the wrong word to use, police these zones, but have these zones because pride takes over the whole city. It's not like it's just a hospital or just a clinic. It's everywhere, as it should be for that weekend, and all the time. Okay, and just before we move on to another topic, but Karima Sad, I wanted to ask you as a lawyer for your view on the idea of creating an exclusion zone to keep protesters away from pride. I see the appeal just as a concept, but I think that it's somewhat redundant because the there is already a toolbox that police can use where... There are unsafe protests, right? Um, and I think that it's, like I say, a bit redundant um, to have that kind of legislation. We should always be wary of, of anything that's limiting um, protest rights or expression. Downtown Toronto has failed to rebound, and we are way behind the rebound from COVID in terms of the numbers of people in our city core. They actually measured this in countless cities by using cell phone data. So that would indicate, okay, this many people came to downtown Toronto on a Tuesday. And we're only at about 47% of pre-pandemic levels. Jason Agnew, you can take this in any direction you want, but I'm beginning to think maybe it's just time we reinvented the notion of downtown and moved on. 
Yeah, John, I agree with you here. I mean, th that path that, you know, was built for a different time. And I'm, that's a lot of what we see in these articles that retailers in the path are not recovering because people are not going back to work. It is a hybrid model. So this is the evolution of work that we're seeing. I mean, are we behind downtown getting back to the way it was? Or are we ahead of the curve here pushing towards the fact that remote work is here to stay? Patrick Brown, it's not that I'm not sympathetic toward the shoe repairman that Natalie Johnson profiled, but, you know, I, I don't know what we can do to prop up businesses in the path if people aren't coming back to the path. Yeah, I think the model has changed, um, and I think this is most challenging for the city of Toronto. Um, I think the new model is you're not as dependent. Businesses are not as dependent on the most expensive office space in the country. That's in downtown Toronto. And so I think businesses are adapting to um, how to be more competitive on on, on their costs. Um, that's not happening in in the broader GTA. You know, right now our industrial vacancy rates are the lowest they've ever been in, in Brampton. We just had Lululemon move their operations in Magna. Um, into Brampton, they're telling us you literally can't find uh, space. And so I think what people are doing is they're shifting from what is the most expensive real estate in downtown Toronto and looking at other options, knowing that a lot of people are still working probably three days in the office and two days um, uh, virtually. I, I think a lot of companies don't have the same space requirements anymore. And Karima said, uh, we talked with Amanda Lang just a short while ago, and she was talking about a new report that says this empty, uh, these empty towers, this could be like a 20-year phenomenon. Um, I think that the way that we work has changed. Um, and that's obvious just in the numbers and, and looking around downtown. So how are we able to pivot is the real question. Um, and, and part of the reason I think businesses are struggling with people not coming back is they still have very high overhead. So how does that get adjusted? Because rent isn't worth the same as it was pre-pandemic. Patrick Brown, are you going to surrender control of your thermostat to tyranny? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure the basis for that question. <laughs> well, I was inspired by uh, Jerry Agar, who I think thinks that this idea of allowing a computer to, that is, you know, ostensibly the government to turn your thermostat up or down to save electricity, that that's the beginning of somebody kicking down the door. Um, I, I don't think I'd be as alarmist as uh, as Jerry, but I, I would say you know if there's technology that allows us to you know uh, adapt to peak uh, times, that those that want to opt in should be given the right to take advantage of technology. If you don't want to opt in, you don't have to. Jason Agnew, what do you think? You know, I have one of those thermostats where I program when I like it cold and when I like it a little bit warmer. Um, I pay for heating, I paid for air conditioning, and that's just what I pay for for my own comfort. So I don't think I'd be opting in here. Kareem Asad, the whole idea is that when the electrical grid is stretched, they would adjust the thermostat of those people who have volunteered and save electricity. Yeah, I don't think that that's a bad idea actually um clearly it needs to be voluntary and that's the way that it's proceeding um 
you know, could this lead to something else? I suppose that's maybe the concern in people's minds, but um, it, it's a, a way to get out of our individualistic and into a more collective mindset. And we're dealing with resources that are finite. Okay, you're singing from the hymnal that those people, the, the libertarians, can't stand. Um, Jason Agnew, would you say that you have followed your passion or just what you're good at? This is an interesting uh, article here, John, that we talked about. And I've heard you talking about this all morning. I, I think that it's a matter of picking your passion here. I mean, sure, I wanted to be a Major League Baseball pitcher, but this body wasn't going to cooperate. Uh, so it came down to I also like making videos and being in media, and I kind of took that direction. But it's also another passion that I have. To go into work every day and not enjoy it is an incredibly <laughs> tough go. So pick the passion passion, not necessarily just go with what you're good at, because if you don't want to be there, then that doesn't make for a happy life. All right. We're at a racetrack, but thank you all for a great discussion. Patrick Brown, Karima Sad, and Jason Agnew on Free For All Round 2. Just coming up to 9 o'clock, enough time to say thanks to Joe Mayorano, who produces the show, and <laughs> I've gotten you guys married. You took a Nick's name, I see. Joe Cristiano. And Nick Marano. Too many vowels, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, also, I'm terrible on names. Everybody knows that. You're... Thanks, Jim. Have a great weekend. If I get to an, a certain age, my father solved this problem by calling everybody dear, but I don't think you want me to do this. All yes, right. Dear. That's it for us. Have a wonderful weekend. I'm going to do some planting and get some sleep, and we'll be back here next week. Catch the roundtable, round one at 7.45, round two at 8.45. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.